You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Tiffany Manor. We are uh, continuing our series, our Mental Health Monday series with Dr. Stephen Saunders today. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for your support of The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Dr. Saunders is a professional clinical psychologist and very pleased to offer ideas and suggestions about mental health and mental health problems in this series. One of his most important pieces of advice, get professional help when you need it. So nothing said in and today's episode or in this series should be taken as therapy or treatment for a mental health problem or a mental health illness and shouldn't be considered a substitute for personal consultation with a professional. Dr. Saunders, welcome back to The Coffee Hour. Thank you for having me. So last week, we talked about Luther's advice about thinking when it comes to those who who reached out to him about what they were struggling with. And so we talked a little bit about his advice about thinking. What about his advice for behavior? Uh, thanks for bringing that back, because his advice about behavior was perhaps perhaps even more important. Now, I've, I've mentioned thinking affects how we feel. If I think no one likes me, I'm going to feel bad about myself. I might even develop depression. A therapist might try to convince me, actually, you are likable, or so I've heard, or something like that. But Luther, you know, or, or rather, we also should understand that the way we think affects what we do, how we behave. So if we think to ourselves, you know, I, I'm unlikable, it might lead us to behave in a way that would increase our depression, which is that we might isolate. Luther specifically advised people with depression, don't isolate do fun things. So if we were to pull this all together, one of the most important things that anyone out there experiencing depression or anxiety can do, even though they are thinking that they don't want to do it, they are thinking that I should not do this, or this is going to be really hard. It will be hard. But the most important thing they can do with regard to their activity or their behavior is actually go to church. Go to church where you're going to sing, which is good for you. Luther advised singing all the time as something enjoyable, where you're going to hear beautiful music. You're going to hear a wonderful message of God's love for you. You're going to be surrounded by people who, if you just look up and look them in the eye, will actually smile at you and maybe greet you and maybe talk with you. So going to church is sort of the opposite of isolation. And the other thing is, you know, try to do fun things, you know, say to someone or if someone at church asks you, hey, have you ever thought about joining the choir or, or, you know, there's this event, the children's choir is singing on Saturday, you know, you know, are you aware of that? Go to that, go do fun things that we know from research done. Actually, the most recent study I saw came out two days ago. That doing things is a powerful antidote against depression. Luther advised that. Luther knew that. And it's really important that we follow his advice, follow my advice, which is don't isolate. That's what you're, that's what you're inclined to do because of how you're thinking. You're thinking, you know, I don't want to bother other people. I don't want to, I'm not going to enjoy this. 
it's too much to do. No, 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 no. Make yourself do it anyway. It'll be the best thing you can do for your mental health. And of course, at church, we receive God's blessings and gifts in the word and sacraments. We're receiving the sacrament each week. We're strengthened to live out our lives. So there's, yes, as you you brought up the fellowship with the saints and um, being together with the body of Christ. But there's also that those very important gifts that God pours out on us when we're at the divine service in, in his church. And so, you know, so many reasons that we could describe to go to, to be at church, be with his God's people, but to receive the, the word in the sacrament. Absolutely. Yeah. So you know, Luther, as he was writing and providing this great advice, was, of course, not writing in English. <laughs> uh, he He was using... Oftentimes, Latin and some different words, even even German. I mean, you know, in, in Latin, he described the tentatio, the the struggle, the temptation. But you know, there's another term that Luther used. I, I guess you know, I I could describe this, but I I don't really you know do German all that well. So, <laughs> and Dr. Saunders, in in your book, you you discussed how Luther described spiritual turmoil or distress. You know, how did Luther describe that, and and really, what's the the complete understanding of of what Luther was describing? So you're going to make me pronounce the word. I am. That's fine. I totally am. Yeah. <laughs> so the I think I believe that I believe the singular is anfektungen. Oh, you you're doing very well with that. Yeah. Oh, I have a I have a brother-in-law who's who has corrected me numerous times. <laughs> so so and anfektungen, but but Luther most often used interestingly, I think the the plural anfekt because plural because it was so common. And a simple, a very incomplete way to describe infectung is spiritual turmoil, spiritual distress. I think it can be summed up with, again, so many reading. I advise people to, to find Luther's letters is actually the Luther's works. One of the whole books is Luther's letters and his letters are such a delight to read. His letters to his wife, Katie are just, they're so wonderful to read. There's so many, so many books that can be written about what he wrote. Again, to friends, to, to, you know, other, other theologians, Melanchthon, his friend, the, the tutor of his children at, at his home. So he's out of town and he wrote the tutor who was suffering from depression and all of these things. But one of my favorite letters that Luther wrote to Melanchthon, he starts it with, I am well, but my weak faith still torments me. This is Martin Luther complaining that his weak faith torments him. Again, Martin Luther, that guy. And it, it's, it's such a comfort. And I'm sure Luther wrote it as a comfort to, I, I, he was being sincere. I have no doubt that he was tormented by his own weak faith. But he wanted Melanchthon to know that because he knew Melanchthon was tormented by Enfektung, which is the, the, the torment of not being sure. It's, you know, it's, it's a gigantic theological concept, but it, but it's, we know we're sinners, but we know we're saved. We know God loves us, but we know we're not worthy of God's love. And so we're, we're, we try to wrap our heads around this thing that the Bible tells us. Yeah, yeah, you don't understand it. You don't understand how God 
X, you know, you don't understand the ways of God. And, but, but that, but, but we strive to, you know, as humans, we, we can't help but try to understand, but we can't. And, and again, you know, I should act better. I should do different. I, you know, I don't deserve all these blessings God has given me. As you said, Tiffany, you know, every Sunday we go and we hear forgiveness and we're, we, we, we participate in service and these gifts of God, which are undeserved. And we torment ourselves sometimes with this. It's such a comfort to know that Luther, he, he spoke about this so directly. At one point he said, I wish, I wish I, I had enough time to write an entire book about Enfectung. He said, I don't think you can be a Christian without experiencing Enfectung. Luther said, basically, I don't think you can be a Christian unless you have doubts about your faith. Why? Well, because those doubts drive us back to church, drive us back to the Bible, drive us to the cross of Christ. Again, you know, from the Bible, we, 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 the, the, the man throws himself at Christ's feet, says, I believe, help my unbelief. And that's Antectum. And, and this is the, the, the comfort of the third article that faith comes from God, that the Holy Spirit brings us to faith is, it, it is, it's, it's very comforting to know that it is not of our own doing. How does this unfechtung relate, tie into what we believe about the theology of cross, theology of the cross versus the theology of glory? Well, I think that Luther didn't write about Anfectung as much as he would have liked to because he was so busy tamping down the theology of glory. So, but he, the theology of the cross is right there, I think, I think with Anfectung. The, the theology of glory, basically, this is a term that Luther developed. I think we think he first used it at the Heidelberg Disputation where he was early in Early in the Reformation, we, we didn't even call it that back then. Now we refer to it as that in retrospect. But early on, there was a debate about what he, about his understanding of what the Bible was actually saying. And he severely criticized what he referred to as theologians of glory. He said they prefer strength to weakness. They, they prefer smart to stupid. They, they, they prefer glory to suffering. They prefer, prefer glory to the cross. And in the extension of that, the, the, the theology of glory says that people like Joel Osteen tell us God wants us to be happy. They tell us that, well, if you're not happy that God loves you, then your then your faith isn't strong enough. That's the theology of that's the depredations of the theology of glory. Is that someone who is experiencing depression is told explicitly it's because you're not a good enough Christian, as if being a good Christian were a thing 
meaning third article says that we're Christians despite ourselves. Christ brought us to him. We are Christ and he does not lose any of us, but he brings us to him. The theologian of glory, the theology of glory says, no, if you're sad, there's something wrong with your faith. There's something, you're not just sad, you're defying God. You're making God angry with you. In contrast, anfectung, spiritual turmoil, wanting to believe, help my, you know, I believe, help my unbelief, wanting desperately to believe, but struggling to believe, suffering as a result, as a result of that, going to church, listening to the word, seeing these other people around us who are also struggling to believe, understanding that this is part of what what the Christian life is, is so much more comforting. It will, again, Luther said, take comfort in your suffering because this is, this is what Christians do. It is Mental Health Monday. We're talking about Martin Luther on mental health. Practical advice for Christians today from Concordia Publishing House. Dr. Saunders is our guest today. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Tiffany Manor. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Tiffany Manor. We are, it is Mental Health Monday, and we are talking with Dr. Stephen Saunders, Distinguished Professor of Psychology at Marquette University, and taking a look at his book, Martin Luther on Mental Health, Practical Advice for Christians Today, from Concordia Publishing House. We've been talking about Luther and his understanding of Anfechtung, and and his, we'll talk a little bit about his own experience with Anfechtung as well. But how is how would you say is Anfechtung like and different from mental illness? I think they're alike. Mental illness and Anfechtung are both distressing. You know, they both cause us emotional distress. So they're, they're very much alike in that way. Besides that, they're probably completely different. Now they can, they can contribute to each other. If you have serious doubts about faith, you, you might develop depression. Someone with serious mental illness might doubt that God loves them. So, you know, that can lead them to question their faith. And we see that tragically a lot. But, you know, I, I think perhaps the most important distinction is actually what do you do with it? What do you do with infecting as you go to your pastor? You go to a deacon, you go to the Bible, you, 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 you read what Luther wrote and you realize, you know, that this is, this is part of, of 
the struggle of the Christian and you get reassurance from your pastor. Hopefully you get reassurance from your pastor. This is, it's inevitable. Luther went through what you're going through. You, so you go to a Christian that you trust, a Christian leader, perhaps, again, pastor, deaconess, teacher, good friend, someone who can help you with this and help you realize, you know, just because just you sometimes have doubts doesn't mean you don't believe. Mental illness, your pastor can certainly help to some extent, but mental illness, depending on how bad it is and how we know how bad it is, was how long has it been going on? You know, how seriously distressed, depressed, anxious, whatever, how serious is this? And if it's serious enough, you should consult with a mental health professional and maybe get some therapy or counseling and they can help you through this. So they, they certainly affect each other, but, you know, finish that off with, you don't go to a mental health professional with antecdote. They'd be happy to help you. If you say to a mental health professional, some anyway, if you say to a mental health professional, I'm distressed about my faith, they'd probably say, let's talk, pay on your way out the door, and then come back next week. Whereas what they should say, what I've said a dozen times to people is, this is a good conversation for you to have with your pastor. So we don't, you know, we, we, we don't go to, the, and by the way, this is one of the, re, one of the, this is a little off topic, perhaps one of the issues I have with so-called Christian counseling is that, you know, I am Christian, I am a counselor. There are a lot of good Christians out there who are counselors. Dr. Bev Yonke, brilliant psychologist, LCMS Lutheran. She, she heads doxology. People may have heard of that. But most people who call themselves Christian counselors are not LCMS. They call themselves Christian for sure. But the vast majority of Christians don't believe what Lutherans believe. Most Lutherans don't believe what Lutheran Missouri Senate Lutherans believe. So we have to be very careful about how they understand mental health problems and perhaps especially and sectile. Again, Joel Osteen, he's not a psychologist, but any, a lot of Christians believe what they don't listen necessarily directly to him, but many so-called Christian counselors would completely endorse what Osteen and other theologians of glory say, which is that you should be happy. Good Christians are happy. Therefore, let's work on Maybe, maybe, and this is worst case scenario, and I bring it up purposely, a, a counselor might say to someone, maybe you need to try a different church because your church sounds awfully mean, awfully harsh, awfully, your church emphasizes the, the, the holiness of suffering. What kind of church is that? So we want to be very careful about the mental health professionals that we choose. And what we want them to say is, if this is a spiritual issue, you will, I will send you back to your church. I will not try to address it. That's what we want them to say. Probably the vast majority 
won't say that, especially those who, who advertise themselves as a Christian psychologist or a Christian counselor. In my experience, the, the Christian counselors, counselors, secular, who really do best is when they, they see themselves as in partnership with the pastor and right. they refer the, those questions of faith, spiritual questions to the pastor. And then also the pastor does the same with the psychological questions, referring to the, the licensed clinical therapist. So that that's lovely. Now, you know, we've been talking about Luther's own experience. There, there weren't uh, counselors in his day and age. There weren't therapists. There were certainly pastors. And even, you know, last last week we were talking about how Luther's own experiences certainly helped broaden his perspective, perhaps helped him to provide such beautiful advice that you've discovered in his letters and others have seen over the years since. What about Luther's personal experience with Anfechtung? I mean, he he was a pastor. How did he experience Anfechtung? Did he go to a pastor like you've been describing would be very beneficial for, for people experiencing this? What about, yeah, Luther? What can you tell us about what Luther, his experience with with suffering? Yeah, he, he did have wonderful counselors when he was in the monastery. I can't remember the, the fellow's name. It's in my book, but one of his, his mentor there, you know, really helped him. It, it basically at one point said to him, Luther, you think too much and uh, you need to just realize some things, you know, are not, you know, you just need to realize that this is just the truth, which is that God loves you. He had Melanchthon who he counseled with. He had other friends that he, you know, his table talk, you know, Luther had friends over, it seemed like almost every night, right? I always wonder to myself what Katie thought of that, <laughs> you know. Oh, by the way, I invented 12 uh, pastors over tonight, Katie. Yeah, um, she's very busy <laughs> making sure they had all the barrels and the, the beer. and <laughs> Right, right, right. So, but but we know that, you know, th- that, you know, he was he was widely respected, but your question is such a good one. What about when he had, he was widely respected and people came to him with questions and, and they wrote down his advice. They wrote down what he said, but we can't help but be certain that he confided in Katie, that he confided in Melanchthon, that he confided his own terrors, his own doubts, you know, and in, in, in his own struggles with mental illness, that, that he confided in others. Um, there's a, there's a sort of a story and that others maybe confronted him. There's a story that sort of hard to find, but it's a story where Katie appears, Luther's laid up in bed because he's depressed. Katie appears at his door, doorstep of his bedroom wearing all black. And he says to her, why are you wearing all black? And she says, God is apparently God is dead. And he says to her foolish woman and she said, well, why else, what else would cause you to feel this way, feel so depressed and accept that so it must be that God is dead. So I use that as an example of, you know, all of us, no matter, you know, how educated we are, how, you know, high up in the, high up in the church we are, how low in the church we are, all of us, regardless of our position, Luther himself needed people occasionally to smack him on the back of the head and say, hey, you know, stop thinking like that. Stop, you know, get up 
out of bed, greet your children, sing, read the Bible, go, go for a walk. You know, all of us need that. And I do, I have no doubts that, that Luther himself needed that as well. So what do we learn from Luther and his experiences that applies to us today in how we experience this unfaction? Because this, this is nothing new. <laughs> we still experience the spiritual turmoil. What do we learn from Luther's experiences and his way of managing this in his own life? I, I think we started today with the, you know, it might have been last week, I forget. But Luther started every letter of advice to someone with depression or anxiety with the catechism. He knew that their depression and anxiety might be affecting their spiritual life, their belief. And he said to them, don't, you know, this is not punishment. This is, you know, God loves you. You're suffering, but God loves you. So that's one thing that we learn from Luther. The, the other is that, you know, it, it, it is inevitable. And what, we do if 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 someone is experiencing doubts about their faith, the absolute wrong thing to do would be to stop going to church. That's when you most need to go to church and to sing and to hear the word of God. That's when you most need to consult with your pastor, with a trusted friend, with the deaconess, with with someone that that can, that someone who is kind, who will listen, who, who won't scold you for, for, for having these doubts, who will instead say, yeah, of course you have these doubts. You're, you're a, a catechized Christian. Of course you have these doubts. Don't let it bother you. You know, don't, it, it's normal. It does bother you. But don't think that there's something abnormal about it and don't let that bother you. Instead, keep coming to church to strengthen your faith. Expose yourself to the Word of God and your faith will be, will be strengthened. It is Mental Health Monday on the Coffee Hour. You can find Dr. Hollinger's book at Concordia Publishing House, Martin Luther on Mental Health Practical Advice for Today's Christian for Christians today. Our guest, Dr. Stephen Saunders, Distinguished Professor of Psychology at Marquette University. Dr. Saunders, thank you so much for being our guest today. You're very welcome. We'll continue the conversation next week right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. I'm Tiffany Manor. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.